Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for June 7, 2020. First, this week's announcements. The Kentucky School for the Blind alumni will not hold its reunion this year due to the coronavirus concerns. The alumni will hold a memorial service on the Zoom platform accessible to everyone by phone on Saturday afternoon, July 25. Watch the alumni's Facebook page and listen to Soundprints for specific time and dial-in instructions. We'll also post the list of over 20 alumni, former KSB staff, and others that will be remembered at this year's memorial. Dr. Martin Munson has been the interim principal at the Kentucky School for the Blind since this past November. KSB is now interviewing for the principal position. Stay tuned for more details as they become available. The American Printing House for the Blind has a customer service job opening posted on Indeed.com. This job is full-time Monday through Friday from noon to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. For questions such as hourly wage, work location at APH or remotely, etc., contact the Printing House at 502-895-2405. The ACB Mini Mall has many new items and past customer favorites in stock, just waiting for you to shop, shop, shop. You can find out what's new at the Mini Mall, ask questions about products, make suggestions for future items, and get in on a sale or two by listening to This Week at the Mini Mall, a new ACB community call coming to you every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Zoom line. Watch your ACB community event announcements or call us at 877-630-7190 for information on how to dial in each week. Be sure to pre-register for the 2020 ACB Virtual Conference and Convention. Pre-registration is open through June 21 and the convention is July 3 through July 10. Everyone who registers will be eligible to win door prizes from ACB. Also be sure to register for your favorite ACB Special Interest Affiliates, as many of them also have their own door prize drawings. For example, register for ACB Lions, $10, and ACB Families, $20, and be in the hunt for fabulous prizes. If you've already registered and you would like to add on some special interest registrations or additional sessions or maybe purchase some convention merchandise, just visit acbconvention.org or call the Minnesota office at 612-332-3242. KCB Chapters sponsored two very informative calls this past week. First, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision's Low Vision Support Call was on Wednesday, June 3, and it featured Norma Bogey from Iowa. Norma is a blind small business owner who sells a variety of products for people who have vision loss. Learn more on page 2. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout by phone happens each Friday evening beginning at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Our speaker this past week was Mitch Pomerantz past president of ACB from 2007 to 2013 and immediate past president of the Pasadena Host Lions Club in Pasadena, California. Pasadena is home to the Rose Bowl football game and the famous Rose Bowl parade, and Mitch shares his experiences and club activities related to the parade. Don't miss his stories on page 3. 
We hope that you enjoy sound prints this week. Page two. Welcome, everyone. And Norma Bogie, she's going to tell us a little bit about herself, about her company, and how she got started and what they have to offer. So, uh, Norma, go ahead. Well, thank you, Shirley. Um, hi to everyone at Kentucky CCLV. Uh, greetings from my state affiliate, the Iowa Council of the United Blind. Uh, I'm in beautiful, warm Des Moines. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's corn growing weather. We like this. This is good. Um, I'll give you a, a little bit of my background. Um, I am a longtime ACB member. I joined in 1994. There's names on here of people that I recognize from different lists and non-convention programs. I've been to about, well, I think I'm up to 14 national conventions over the years and very active here along the way in, in the, the Iowa affiliate. I've been blind uh, since 30-some well, years, I guess, now. Um, that happened when I was in college due to uh, injuries from a car crash. I have no vision. Um, I'm a Braille reader, an audio person. So I am learning a lot since starting this business in October about the needs and wants of people with low vision. My business is called Life Tech Iowa. Uh, two words, common spelling, L-I-F-E-T-E-C-H, and Iowa, I-O-W-A. I started this business in October, last October, and there was one particular thing that was the impetus for me to, to finally take the leap and do this. I had a business plan for something like this. I had written years ago as a class through the Hadley Institute for the Blind, and because of whatever at that time in my life, I shelved it and kind of forgot about it. And then about a year ago, our, um, our AIDS and Appliances store here at the Iowa Department for the Blind announced that they were closing their in-house store. Don't get me wrong, I'm an internet shopper. I still, sometimes it's a leap of faith because I'm like, wow, I wish I could get my hands on that, you know, to see what that really looks like. So I thought that I think people still deserve in this area to be able to talk to me and, and uh, tell me, let me tell them about the products and, and if I can, you know, let them look at things before they buy. Hasn't been a whole lot of that going on, though, for the last few months, as we all understand. I just thought, I, I saw there was a need. So I started October, and I work out of my home office. This is a, a part-time job for me. Um, I have uh, another disability besides blindness that physically prevents me from doing full-time. So this is just um, a hobby, I guess. I turned it into a business. So that's the, that's the background, basically. And I, I went about this in a little different way as, as most businesses, such as mine, start, or a lot of businesses. I sort of ignored the Internet at first. I, I still kind of am ignoring the Internet, believe it or not. I'll do business with anyone, that's for sure. Um, everybody's money is good here. Um, I might even be convinced to take Canadian. Not sure, but I might. I, I like uh, – well, the people that usually 
want to talk to me are people that, for whatever reason, don't want to shop on the Internet or they don't have time or they're not sure what product they want, but they have a, a problem they'd like to uh, find out if there is something that could be of assistance to them. So uh, at least at least now, my business is conducted through phone calls and emails. And I, I will take time with people. I love the visits with people. I love to get to know them and what their needs are. And as I said earlier, I'm learning a lot about the uh, different eye conditions and different types of products uh, available to uh, persons who have low vision. Um, I actually gave myself a little crash course on magnifiers and power and all that kind of stuff. I'm still learning, constantly learning, but uh, I, am, I am getting myself a little bit more familiar with, with that side of the business. Going on to products, mostly, like I said, I mostly uh, talk with people over the phone and email. Uh, mostly I um, have orders that I take and they get drop shipped directly to my customer from my suppliers or whatever supplier. I had the same suppliers as the big, big guys do, the big dogs. So I, uh, everything from, you know, small little, you know, put in your pocket, put in your purse magnifiers all the way up to uh, CCTVs, lighting, um, lamps, just about anything that could be of assistance to a low vision person or a person who is blind. I, uh, of course, uh, pens, writing supplies, um, writing guides, if anybody still does that anymore, I think they do. Household things, health things. Um, some of the household things are uh, uh, the, the uh, high contrast measuring cups and measuring spoons and cutting boards and uh, just different things. I carry um, the Prodigy line of glucometers and all the supplies that, that go with, with those. And um, let's see, just uh, for any of you that are still, um, are still occasionally, as the kids say, kick it old school, uh, large print puzzle books, Sudoku books, New York Times crossword books, and of course, uh, playing cards. Um, checkers, all that kind of stuff for the times when your Wi-Fi goes, goes out or your electricity goes out or whatever. Um, and uh, for those that still use them, uh, timepieces, um, low vision watches, talking watches, talking clocks, talking timers, large print timers, those kinds of things. So like I said, it's... Um, it's about anything you could probably about imagine because I can just, uh, you know, order it from my supplier and drop ship to you is, is convenient. You get it quicker. Um, if you have any problems with anything, you can get a hold of me. Um, I, I, I answer the phone as much as I can. You won't get caught in, uh, in a telephone <laughs> quagmire. Um, you'll either get me or you'll get my voicemail. Products, other than medical products, um, my products have a 30-day return policy. You can have a look at them. You can try them out. As long as I can get them back, 
in resellable shape with all the packaging and everything, um, I'll take them back and refund your money after 30 days if for whatever reason you don't like it. Um, now, of course, in that 30 days, I'm going to try to convince you you really need it because that's what I have to do. But, um, you know, to rest assured, I'm not going to, you're not going to be stuck with a high price item if, it, if it's just not going to work for you. I went into this business. My first priority is, is to help people. Uh, I have a master's degree in, in voc rehab administration, and um, it's just I've, I've been in social services. The jobs I've had over, over the years, I've been in human and social services, and, and, uh, and I'm, a, I'm a person who loves to help, and I love to empower people, and I love a challenge. I love to think outside the box and brainstorm and think of creative ways to help someone either accomplish something or accomplish it with more efficiency and with less frustration. Because I think uh, probably most of us have that at times. I know I do, looking at my notes here. Um, so that's, um, that's basically what I'm doing. Um, yes, I'm based in Des Moines. Yes, I'm called Life Tech Iowa. But I, I deal with people across the U.S., I've, I have customers in Florida and Texas and Kansas and, you know, around. Um, because as I said before, the, sometimes people just want to talk to another person. And although um, I've not had occasion um, because of my lack of sight to use things such as magnifiers and uh, color contrast items and things, um, I've just, I've been around and in the blindness community so long that, that um, I'm at least aware of most of these things. And, of course, I, kn I know more about uh, Braille items and things, but, but that's okay. Um, I at least can say that I've been using some of this stuff for decades, and I've seen how things um, have been developed and put to the market since I was way back in our orientation center back in 1989. Um, up to now, um, you know, all the different things that, that um, have been developed. So the things I don't do, um, I, I am not a dealer for Freedom Scientific or Humanware yeah. or any of those big guns. Um, there's, they've got their dealers, and that's just fine. That's, that's not a um, – not that it wouldn't be – enjoyable i don't think but it's just uh it's it's just not where i really want to go i'll stop here and see if anybody has any questions comments whatever and i will try to help you or i'll try to answer whatever what's your phone number and what is your email <laughs> ah yes um i that's at the bottom of my notes <laughs> but I, I will give it now, and I will give it again right before um, I hop off the call. My phone number is 515-209-5500. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's an easy one. Good. And my email address is info, I-N-F-O, at lifetechiowa.com. Got it. 
And uh, I will, uh, if anybody wants to text me on that uh, 209 2100, I, I will text with you as well if you, if you like, if you like that, if you're into that. I'm not extremely fast, but I will text with you. Uh, Norma, about how long do you think it takes to get an item once you actually order it? Generally, within a week. Right now, if you want to order a talking thermometer, you might get it for Christmas, maybe. They're a very scarce and very hot item, um, right. as one might expect. My suppliers um, turn around the orders um, generally the same day they get them, if not within two days. This is Terry. Do you have a website or a list of items that you sell? Hi, Terry. Uh, no, I, no, I do not. I hope to have a website someday. It hasn't been my priority to this point, mostly because it's, I'll be honest, it's a money issue. It, uh, to, to have a good-looking website that's fully accessible and does what I need it to do, um, I'm still working up to that point. I carry most anything that you would get from the typical big players, LSNS products or um, what is the other, uh, living aids and, and that kind of stuff. And um, if you don't know exactly what you want, but you think you might have an idea, you can call me or tell me what you're trying to accomplish, and I'll, um, I'll be able to see if we have something. Are your prices comparable to those? Are they cheaper than um, the other guys? In other words, why would I order from you as opposed to ordering from them? As far as the prices go, I am generally cheaper then the big guys, it depends on the item. It depends on what kind of shipping you want, those kinds of things. Why you might uh, consider ordering from me as opposed to just going on the Internet is my priority and my specialty is working with people one-to-one -one on the phone and solving problems. And that's, that's what I do. I, I have a good background in the blindness community, and I like being able to solve a problem for someone. And when you go on the Internet, you can kind of browse on things, but if you, if you don't know necessarily what you're looking for, it, it may be difficult. And if, uh, if someone, like I said before, isn't necessarily comfortable with going on the Internet or doesn't want to take time or whatever, that's where, that's where I come in. I like, um, I like being able to, to deal with people one-on-one, -on -one. and if anything happens, uh, if you want to return anything or you need to know um, more about how to use it, if you need the directions in large print or another format, I do that too. I even can persuade my husband to record them if I need to. <laughs> and he, he sounds pretty good. <laughs> He's my volunteer. <laughs> now, this, this is Ira Gruber. This is my first time joining this, uh, these calls, and I'm very pleased to be on this. You know, I have a couple of questions for you, Norma. I, I'd like to describe sure. a, situ a situation, if I may. Um, I am partially sighted, legally blind, and mm -hmm. I've used a computer in the past. It was an old TV that was set up to a computer, so I would put, a, let's say, a book or a magazine on, on this platform, and then it would project onto my screen. It was very old. It was very clumsy. And so about three, four years ago, I started to look into different uh, types of, of enlarging machines so that I'd be able to read um, 
but would both enlarge things and, and use uh, and speech if, if necessary. And so, for example, I, I did research. These may be old. This may be old technology. So, for example, I looked into the Optelec Clearview C HD uh, TwinView, and then I've also looked into um, Merlin HD by Enhanced Vision. I looked into three or four others. Each of these is sold by a different dealer in Louisville. Both of whom want, or several of them want my business, and they seem to be honest people. I can't say no, but I don't get from them a way to differentiate so that, that I, who have very little knowledge about these technological stuff, can make an intelligent decision about buying things. So my, I have a couple of questions for you. Number one, do you handle this kind of equipment? And number two, do you have any literature you can send so that even an idiot like me can make heads or tails out of it? Well, first of all, um, I wouldn't refer to you as an idiot because you ask questions, and that's uh, that's always impressive to me. I do not with what at least I call the standalone reading machine, like the ones you talked about. I do not carry that line. I was going to say the closest I can get is a CCTV, but that doesn't have a voice to it. That doesn't have a speech. As far as differentiating and learning about the different things, um, I would use the folks that are right here within this affiliate to either talk to you about machines they've purchased and how they've done, or maybe they can steer you towards someone who has purchased these machines. If they're low vision specialists in your state, that they might be able to um, to go through with them and give you kind of the unbiased. I'm not trying to sell you on anything. Opinion that would be that would be coming from a novice <laughs> person who's never used a standalone reading machine. But that would be my suggestions, and I'm I'm sure the folks here on this call might have more to say on that. Uh, is there somebody on this call who can call me or give me your number, and I'll call you? Yes, sir. Debbie, do you have his? number where we can get a hold of him? Yes, I do. Can I answer any other questions about Life Tech Iowa or myself? <laughs> do you repeat the email address one more time? Sure. Info at lifetechiowa.com. Got it. Thank you. Does anyone else have any questions for Norma? We, we really do appreciate her being on the call with us. You never know where your information is going to come from unless you unless you reach out there and see what everybody's doing. So um, it's very valuable to have her on this call. I appreciate getting to know some of you guys. I uh, unfortunately I missed both conventions that were in Louisville, so I have not uh, had the occasion to go to Kentucky. But uh, I hear there is very fine bourbon there, and maybe I'll see some of you guys in Phoenix. Certainly planning on being there. So. Um, can I help anybody last minute before I hop off? Any other questions or anything? No, thanks. Well, thank you again, Shirley, for inviting me. I appreciate it very much. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. And um, I'll talk to you sometime. Page three. Pomerantz is here. Mitch, we have over 20 people on the call right now. Mitch is in lives in Pasadena, California, and he's, of course, some of you know that he's a past president of the American Council of the Blind from 2007 to 2013. Mitch 
has also been, is is also a member of Mitch is it Pasadena Host Lions Club? Carl Pasadena Host Lions Club. Yeah, that's what I thought. Some people say, well, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, how I could participate or what I can do. And so Mitch has uh, served at, at uh, many levels within his club. Well, when we think about lions, we think sometimes that they uh, buy glasses and recycle glasses, yeah. and that, that's what people think about a lot. But they do a lot of other things. And um, we, I thought when we started talking about doing a session uh, on what Lions Clubs do or whatever, um, I thought that it would be interesting for Mitch to come and tell us about his club's um, projects, we might call them activities, that center around the Rose Bowl. I mean, we're all familiar with the Rose Bowl football game on New Year's Day and also the parade and all these things. And so just he, he it, I guess it changes some every year, but um, each year in ACB Lions, when we talk about what our clubs are doing around the January time frame, uh, Mitch always has interesting stories to tell. Mitch, it's yours. Thank you, Carla, and uh, good evening to uh, to all of uh, my fellow Lions there in uh, in the Louisville area and and throughout uh, Kentuckyana. I don't know if you have anyone from Indiana, but I know that's what you call that area, and I've been there. A bunch of times over the years for one one event or another, um, I am the uh, immediate past president, at least for another uh, three weeks, of the Pasadena Host Lions Club. Um, the club is the fifth oldest in the state of California. We were chartered on March twenty sixth, nineteen twenty. Um, we're the second or third oldest functioning club in the state of California. And uh, we were supposed to hold a, uh, a centennial celebration uh, in March, which, uh, as did many other events and activities uh, around the country, uh, went by the wayside with the uh, with the onset of the coronavirus, uh, unfortunately, um, I have my lion centennial sport jacket sitting in my closet with our patch, and I'm not sure I'll ever get a chance to wear it again. I wore it to several functions the last year, but I'm not sure I'm going to get a chance to wear it too much the uh, the next few months. But we have uh, we're actually known in in our district, which is District 4L2 as kind of a rebel club, uh, which has a good side to it, but it also has maybe a not-so-good side. I think some of our uh, our district folks uh, would like us to be a little little more obedient, but um, we're we're a little we're a little uh, a bunch of rabble rousers uh, within Lions. We've been involved uh, with the Rose Parade for more years than I even know. Uh, I joined in, uh, I think it was 2010, and I got involved really um, through my chiropractor, uh, who'd been bugging me for a couple of years. Uh, he was active in our club, and, and John said, you really need to join, you really need to join. And um, when I 
became ACB president in 2007, we had a a big fundraiser in California called Muttstrut that Carla and Adam and a couple others probably have heard of. And uh, uh, my wife, Donna, said, you know, you really ought to join the Lions. The Lions will be really helpful with Muttstrut and maybe help us with some fundraising and some publicity and all of that. So I finally did join, and and John was, was my sponsor. And we have had, as I say, I I know from, from 2010, but uh, it's been going on for a number of years, but we hold an event on New Year's Eve every year. That's even prior to to the Rose Parade itself. We have a uh, a New Year's Eve breakfast where, um, and and it's changed the last couple of years. Uh, originally, um, Phoenix Decorating, they're one of the big uh, float designers and decorators for the uh, for the Rose Parade, and up until Two years ago, one of their uh, float barns was here in Pasadena, uh, about a five-minute ride, about a 10-minute, 15-minute walk even uh, from uh, where we are to that float barn. So what, what happened was our club began working with Phoenix Decorating, and we would hold the uh, New Year's Eve breakfast, um, and part of that event would be a tour of the float barn. Now, Lions Clubs International has been holding uh, or, or uh, uh, having a float in the parade for, I don't know, 30 years? Uh, just a very long time. And so uh, that float was built and decorated um, out of Phoenix from Phoenix Decorating, and f- at the float barn in Pasadena. So what would happen is we would uh, have the breakfast, and then uh, we would we had two buses that we organized, and uh, folks who came to the breakfast uh, would get a uh, about a five minute bus ride from where we were, we were holding the breakfast to the float barn. And they would be able to uh, enter the barn, and there were usually about a dozen floats in that barn. Phoenix had two or three separate barns, but uh, uh, there'd be about a dozen in that float barn, and folks could walk around for a half hour, 45 minutes, take a look at the floats, uh, certainly see the lion's float, then they'd get back on the buses and come back to uh, to where we held the breakfast. Um, now that float barn was open to the public, but they could not come in on the ground floor. They would have to come in, and they would see the floats from above from a catwalk. And they also, incidentally, would be charged twenty-five bucks a head to do that. We got to go in and see see the floats for free, and. Uh, one of the years that Don and I went, there was uh, one of the uh, one of the folks who was decorating uh, actually uh, asked us if we'd be interested in putting uh, putting one of the flowers on the float, and we did that, and that was pre- that was pretty cool. 
Um, now, that changed about two years ago, unfortunately, and it's made logistics um, a bit of a royal pain because what happened was that Phoenix decided they didn't want to have three separate float barns. And so they had a uh, their, their big headquarters uh, are about mm, 10, 12 miles east of Pasadena in a town called Irwindale. And we wrestled um, for, for quite some time when we first found out that the uh, float barn was being closed. And I said, well, how are we going to have our breakfast? What are we going to do? So what ultimately happened is that uh, the Pasadena Host Lions Club New Year's Eve breakfast moved from Pasadena to Irwindale. We got really lucky. Actually, it moved to Duarte, and I'm sure everybody on this call has heard of the City of Hope. And uh, we have a very good relationship with City of Hope. Um, one of their, their big uh, development people is a member of our club, and we, uh, they host a big function for Lions, uh, thanking us for, for our assistance to City of Hope every year. So we moved our breakfast about two years ago out to the City of Hope to one of their big uh, uh, auditoriums. And so that has complicated matters because the buses, now we have to stage from the City of Hope over to the, to the facility, to the uh, uh, Phoenix Decorating Facility, and um, you just wouldn't believe the complications because, and this was the case. This is the case now, and it was the case even when we were meeting, uh, when we had our breakfast in Pasadena. But what happens is that the Tournament of Roses they basically run the whole show. Uh, they come out on New Year's uh, Eve morning. And they judge all the floats. All the floats have to be completed and fully decorated and ready to be judged uh, New Year's Eve morning. And so we are basically at their beck and call. Uh, we can't bring anybody uh, into the barn until uh, all of the floats have been judged and you know, if you if you watch or listen to the Rose Parade on New Year's Day, you know that they give out uh, at least twenty different awards. And so we we have the time from when uh, all of the judging is done until the California Highway Patrol shows up, and they escort all of the floats from the different float barns, or what when it used to be three different float barns, to the staging area. Yeah, it used to be okay when we were in Pasadena, when they moved out to Irwindale. That then means that uh, they have to leave a little earlier. They have to block the freeway, um, the 210 freeway, which... Uh, runs uh, all the way out uh, there. In fact, it goes all the way out to the uh, to I-10, which goes all the way, I think, to Florida. But uh, they have to close down the freeway because the floats travel at no more than about five miles an hour. So uh, it's quite an undertaking. So it, uh, the moving us, moving the, uh, the float barn out to, to Irwindale has complicated matters considerably. But 
But what happens, you know, we have the breakfast, the president of the club that at that particular year is kind of the MC of the uh, of the uh, New Year's Eve breakfast and so I got to do it uh, what two years ago when we first went out to City of Hope my wife Donna got to do it this past year because our president this year for another three weeks um, she <laughs> was actually helping out at the float barn with the tour and uh, otherwise involved with with logistics. So so Donna ended up uh, chair or, or running the breakfast this past year. And assuming we have a breakfast this year, and we're not sure, uh, things are very much up in the air, uh, she'll, she'll get to, to MC again. But it's really a, a fun event. Uh, the club... Uh, gets involved even before the breakfast because we also, uh, through our Leos, we have several Leo Leo clubs in the uh, in the Pasadena and Altadena area. Um, we arrange to have volunteers from the Leos come in and assist with decorating the floats. Um, it's uh, it's it's a real undertaking. We usually do it. Um, one over one particular um, day, and uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I've not done it because uh, without a lot of supervision, having a blind person put a put a, a flower on the float might be an interesting challenge in terms of putting it in the right place. So I've never gone out and done it. I my daughter has done it a few years ago, and it sounds like it's a lot of fun. Whenever we advertise for folks to come and volunteer, we tell them, wear your, your oldest, scruffiest clothes because you're going to get really dirty. So, um, it, and, and, you know, you're dealing with flowers and glue and all kinds of good stuff, so it probably is. But it's, it's a fun event. Um, we have, um, uh, you know, we, we take a lot of pride in doing it. Um, unfortunately, aside from from the float uh, from the floats being moved uh, out from under us here in Pasadena, we're beginning to to see the uh, the Tournament of Roses folks uh, looking like they want to take uh, uh, turn this into a real financial bonanza. Um, a couple three years ago, uh, they set up a, a thing over at. Uh, at the park uh, near the rose uh, near the rose bowl over in the arroyo seco uh, where they have a uh, they have entertainment and they have food and drink and you can buy different packages and and one of the things we think is likely to happen is they're going to basically say um, we're going to be responsible for for all the events and the activities around the rose parade so uh, I think things are a little up in the air right now as to uh, our involvement and how this is going to proceed. But it's, you know, it's been a great event. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the, uh, you know, the parade itself is tremendous. When uh, uh, we 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 went, Donna and I went. I think five years out of six, uh, we can walk over to. Uh, to one of the uh, one of the uh, big bleacher areas, um, 
some folks in the in the Los Angeles area have had an audio described uh, uh, set up there for for a bunch of years, and so we'd go over, we'd walk over, and the parade starts at what eight? Uh, I think eight in the morning. Gets to us about eight thirty, and so we'd go in and we'd get the headphones and we'd we'd listen to the description of the parade and and yell at the flat at the uh, bands and the and the floats. I think the last time we were there personally was when the Ohio State School for the Blind uh, band performed, and I think after that we kind of retired and said, you know what, um, let's just watch the parade from. Uh, from our uh, from our bed with the with 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 good coffee and and uh if we open the window we're actually two blocks off the parade route we you know Colorado Boulevard is the famous uh route um most of the parade route uh we live two blocks south of Colorado Boulevard uh for those for those of you who are about my age uh you'll remember the little old lady from Pasadena running down Colorado yeah. Boulevard well Every time we cross the street, we we hope that that little old lady isn't isn't driving her super stock Dodge, but that's where we live. We live uh, right off Colorado Boulevard, and uh, when when it's a nice morning in uh, Pasadena, we open the windows because we're up on the fourth floor, and we can actually hear the bands, which is really cool. So, uh, you know, our club, aside from that, um, we're involved in in a lot of community activities. Um, we're doing a potato sack uh, fun, uh, function this month for the three um, food pantries in the area, one of which is Salvation Army. Uh, our president uh, this this year works with the Salvation Army, and so we <laughs> half the meetings she's not been able to, to preside over because she's involved with the food pantry and with all of the things involved uh, from the Salvation Army. So... So Donna is getting getting practice for being president next year, but we're involved in 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 a bunch of different uh, bunch of different fundraisers and and uh, we we help one of the homeless uh, homeless uh, facilities in town. We do a barbecue. We we uh, cook for them uh, every fifth Wednesday, which usually means about four during the year. Uh, we do a, a day of bell ringing uh, for. Uh, Around Christmas time, Salvation Army bell ringers. Uh, we've done that. Don and I have done that the last three or four years. Uh, stand there ringing the bell over at, at uh, Macy's, which is a few blocks from us. Uh, and we're also very fortunate, thanks to a couple of benefactors, uh, we have what's called the Pasadena Host Lions Memorial Trust. Uh, through a couple of benefactors years ago, we have about a two million two million dollar trust um, I'm on the board of directors I'll be president in about three years and uh, we provide money to uh, uh, activities around the Lions uh, mission and goals uh, youth and uh, and children with disabilities adults with diabetes um, so we're very involved uh, as philanthropists as well. So those the sorts of things that uh, Pasadena Host Lions Club is doing. It was interesting. Um, I was the first blind person in the club, uh, and it took two or three years, I think, for them to 
to really get comfortable, uh, despite the <laughs> what what Helen Keller uh, asked the Lions to do way back in what twenty three or twenty four. I think most Lions never have any dealings with blind people, and it took a while for the folks in the club to uh, to feel like I was I was one of the group that. We could kid, we could joke, uh, you know, we could banter back and forth. Um, they didn't have to be on eggshells being around uh, me and three, four years later when Donna joined, when, when she joined. So it's been an interesting educational experience as well uh, and one which, uh, which, which I, I cherish because um, I don't know that that most lions really do have an opportunity to to uh, to personally meet with and interact with people who are blind or visually impaired, and I think that education process is very is very important. And the fact that uh, you know they asked me to be on the board a couple three years after I joined, and ultimately is to to serve as president, and the next year Donna will be the president of the club. I I think. Um, speaks well of our club and and of Lions uh, overall. So, um, you know, I didn't prepare any specific remarks. I know what Carla asked me to talk about, and I talked about that and some other things. And I guess Carla will just take questions now. We have zero eight seven nine. Has your hand up, Bill Wright? I um, would just wanted to thank you all for allowing. Um, RFD television for doing the uh, the parade and for doing the audio description on the TV channel. They do a excellent job. Well, that's that's uh, that's tremendous. Uh, that's that's uh, that's a, a bit above our club's pay grade. That's uh, that's in the the bailiwick of the uh, of, of the Tournament of Roses folks. Fortunately. Uh, you know they've been very good about that, and uh, you know the parade—it's so visual, and um, without that kind of description, um, you know the folks locally that that do it for our local uh, um, regular TV station, Channel 11, they do a they do a pretty good job, but but there's so much else going on uh, on the street around the parade. That uh, that the audio description is uh, is absolutely essential to to full enjoyment of of what's going on. Line Mitch, this is Line Adam. Yes, sir. I think a couple of years ago or so, you were telling us that at one of the breakfasts that you all had the uh, Rose Bowl parade, Queen Princess Court. Uh, at the breakfast, and that one of them was the daughter of somebody that you knew or something. Yeah, uh, that that wasn't at the New Year's Eve breakfast, Adam. That we hold every year a uh, an event for the Queen and Court, and uh, so uh, we get uh, well this 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 past year. I think we had one. One one uh, young lady that couldn't make it, and two years before, I think two of them couldn't make it. But but typically, we hold, and it had been a luncheon, 
we began two years ago having it as a as a Friday evening event, and yeah, we have the Queen in court. Each of us, uh, well, the, the the chair for that dinner uh, kind of picks uh, seven of us to uh, to escort one of the young ladies to the uh, to the front. Uh, last year, when I was president, I uh, I led the uh, the uh, Rose Queen down, but a couple of years back, two or three years back, they read off the names, and uh, and I didn't escort this young lady. But when we got down to the front, I uh, we were talking, we were just taking pictures and talking, and I turned to this young lady and I said, you know, you have a really unusual last name. Are you related to Jane Battleline? And she said, that's my grandmother. And I said, well, when I worked for the city of Los Angeles and ran training for the city, she worked for the Department of Transportation, and she was in one of my training classes, and I knew her. I, I actually had other dealings with her besides the class that... That I was that I was training, but it was it was her grandmother, and the young lady said, "Yeah, and she's still alive and feisty as ever." And I said, "Well, definitely give her my regards." So, so yeah, that that's a separate event that uh, that we uh, that we put on as as a club. Uh huh. I really like that story. <laughs> well, it's 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 a cool it's a cool uh, event that that we do and. Uh, you know, some of these these young ladies are just uh, amazing. Uh, they're all very, very bright. In order to become uh, one of the one of the seven, uh, ultimately the, the seven princesses, and then from from the final seven, the one is is selected as the queen. But these are all young ladies who have been very involved in their communities. They're all uh, active in more than one, in multiple um, community type uh, effort, and uh, they're just uh, they're just really tremendous, uh, tremendous. The first year I did it, though, now you know, I'm about five seven and a half, and probably a little a little shorter than that these days. But the first year that I walked. One of the princesses down. Um, the young lady that I escorted was about six one. <laughs> so it was it was really you know talk about looking up to somebody. Uh, and her 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 um, grandfather is very active in uh, in uh, the Pasadena area and throughout uh, the L.A. County area. Very active. Uh, as a developer and an African American gentleman, and I, I, it's really you know it's an honor to meet you. I I know who your grandfather is, and I'm thinking, and I'm going to get a stiff neck looking up talking to her. Okay, Catalina, why don't you go first then? Catalina, how's it going, Mitch? Is that I Catalina? Think I think it is. It is. It is. Hey, stranger. How's it going? It's going well. Good. How many members are in your Pasadena club? Um, active members, about 20 uh, to 25 uh, members. Generally, we have about 50. 
maybe a, a tick less than that. We we um, we have a number of of uh, Leos uh, who we keep on our on our membership rolls, but active about twenty to twenty five. But don't they say that ten uh, percent of the membership does ninety percent of the work? Um, that's about right. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> now you were saying that you did the bell ringing as well. I'd like oh, to absolutely. You, I'd like to invite you to come up here to Minneapolis and do it for us too. In the winter time, you're out <laughs> yeah. of your ever loving mind, lady. <laughs> I've been to Minneapolis in the winter time. I had I had a friend years and years ago. <laughs> Uh, who 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 sent me a who sent me a job listing for a position uh, with the state of Minnesota, and I wrote her back and I said thank you so much, but I think I'll take a pass on that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been there in the winter time. <laughs> I remember several times having to run back into the store because it was just too darn cold. Yeah. Yeah, well. Do you remember when we when we were there for our board meeting in March of 2007? Yeah. It got up to 35 degrees. And there was a meeting of kids, some kind of high school group, I think Future Business Leaders of America or something like that in the hotel that we were in, and the kids were coming in in shorts and flip-flops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's was, summer weather for us. Well, I, you know, a, a few of you will have heard of Candle in the Window, which – originated out of Minnesota and I was on their board for a while and uh and uh, we had a we had a meeting uh one year in uh, either late January or early February up at a place that uh, was uh, called Wilder Forest which is outside mm-hmm. of town I don't know if you know the place Catalina No but, I don't never heard of it yeah, it's a beautiful area and I was just wearing regular old shoes, and I got out of the van and stepped into about a foot of snow. Oh yeah! <laughs> I said, I said, I think, I think I came with the wrong with the wrong footwear. I think Carolyn had a question. I was wondering, um, what is the difference between a Leo and a lion? I'd never heard that term before. The Leos are uh, in in uh, high school. Uh, I think we may have even had one in middle school, but they're usually eighth grade on, and they are young people who um, are connected through a Leo club, usually at their high school, and they learn about what lions do, and they perform service projects. Um, There's a uh, Leo's group within... uh, uh, in our district, uh, from all the various high schools that have Leo clubs, but they're basically young people who we are trying to groom to become uh, full-fledged lions when they when they come out of high school and and uh, through college, and hopefully will take an interest in in uh, the kind of service that uh, that lions uh, perform all over the world. So they're like lion cubs. Basically, yes. Other questions for Mitch? Well, Mitch, we really appreciate you spending time with us tonight. Absolutely, and and uh, thank you for inviting me. And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll see some of you down the road. Uh, you know, come come to our uh, our uh, our.
know, ACB Lions meetings too. That uh, you know, those are those are always pretty lively. When uh, he had a good group uh, the other night, and uh, so you know, we need more need more folks. We had twenty seven the other night on that call. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Carla. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss. Call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.